listening to The Martial Brain, the podcast that explores the intersection between the martial arts, science, critical thinking, skepticism, and that wacky organ that floats inside our skulls in a pool of cerebral spinal fluid, making life unpredictably inspiring, infuriating, and sometimes just batshit crazy. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain. Interspecies Combat, Part 1, or, so what if you was to fight a chimp? The martial arts are designed, structured, and used first and foremost for combat against other humans. But on occasion, we might find ourselves in combat with members of other species. By far the most common one would be dogs, but other critters match up against humans now and then as well especially back in our hunter-gatherer past. The gladiatorial games in ancient Rome featured other events besides individual humans in combat. A frequent additional feature was combat between humans and wild animals, or wild animals against one another in a nearly endless variety of combinations. This unspeakably inhumane practice went on for centuries, and nicely illustrates that humans can be just as horrible with animals as they are with each other. In any case, in addition to slaking the bloodlust of the cheering crowds, this practice appealed to the human obsession with hierarchical organization. In particular, finding evidence to help answer who and what would defeat who and what in combat. In other words, can a lion defeat a bear? Or an armed and armored human? And so on. I discussed this obsession in episode 44 of this podcast series, entitled, Can Rocky Beat Rambo? The modern versions of such discussions frequently take place on bar stools or in basements filled with marijuana smoke. One question in this category that occasionally surfaces is that of who would win a fight between a human and a chimpanzee. I will get, eventually, to my take on this question. But first, let me point out several reasons why the subject creeps me out more than just a little bit. First, a little science. There are two different species of chimpanzee, the common chimpanzee and the bonobo. Bonobos were once called pygmy chimpanzees, but that name is both awkward and inaccurate. Bonobos do tend to be more slender, occasionally with longer legs, but are generally just as tall as common chimpanzees. They aren't as relevant for our discussion today, though, since bonobos are famous for being less prone to violence than their common chimp cousins. As a matter of fact, bonobos are far more likely to initiate sex than violence. They greet each other with sex, reward each other with sex, and resolve disputes with sex. They are virtually all bisexual, with the only inhibition that has been observed by humans as one between mothers and sons. Now, the common chimpanzee is much more violent than its horny, gracile cousins, so it's more plausible that our hypothetical fight would be with one of them. Even with that, it's still highly unlikely for a human to ever need to fight a chimp. Most plausible scenarios for such an encounter would require that the human do something very unethical at the least for this to happen at all. 
With a few exceptions, I think I'm much more likely to root for the chimp than for the human. Chimpanzees are by far our closest relatives among the various species of living things. The level of intelligence of chimpanzees is the subject of fierce debate. But it becomes clear to anyone who studies them that chimpanzees are much more intelligent than we once thought. They make and use tools. They can solve complicated problems. They have complex social structure. They mourn the passing of their dead and work together towards common goals. And they show sympathy and empathy. In one case, an unfortunate young chimp was observed to have cerebral palsy. Not one chimp in its group was ever observed to treat it with neglect or abuse. Even the crusty old alpha male was occasionally seen gently grooming it. Like humans, there are more intelligent chimps and less intelligent chimps. By many measures, the most intelligent of chimpanzees are easily more intelligent than the least intelligent of humans. Yet chimps are denied the status of personhood by human law. We get away with doing things to them that if we did to other humans would land us in jail. To put a finer point on it, most of the ways that humans have interacted with chimps through history amount to atrocities. Humans have, as they have done with so many other species, drastically reduced the number of chimpanzees. For each and every chimp on Earth now, there are between 30,000 and 50,000 humans. That's one reason that encounters with a chimp would be vanishingly rare for most people. Humans still regularly kill chimps for their meat, which to my mind is cannibalism adjacent. We have enslaved them for centuries for a number of reasons. First, as curiosities to gawk at in zoos and menageries. Also as performers for our entertainment. This one is especially egregious. You see, chimpanzees live just about as long as humans do. In order to train a chimp as a performer, it's necessary to take it away from its mother while it's still essentially a toddler. This is obviously extremely traumatic, both for the mother and for the child. That's only the beginning of the abuse. Training a highly intelligent sentient being to perform in ways it may not want to is in and of itself abuse. But many of the methods that were used to train chimpanzees as performers pushed the bar of inhuman treatment much lower. The effective career as a performer for a chimpanzee is only a few years, because once the chimp begins to grow into its adolescence, it becomes too dangerous to work with. And chimps reach adolescence at a much earlier age than do humans. So the retired chimp is too dangerous to be around humans. And to add insult to injury, it is now also completely unsuited to live with other chimps. This is because it lost out on the crucial years of learning proper social behavior from its mother and other members of the group. Chimpanzees that have been trained are thus victims of forced social retardation. This additionally tragic fact means that, until recently, chimps that were trained and used for entertainment were not rehabilitated. Instead, they were either killed, humanely I'm sure, or housed in isolation for the rest of their lives. Chimpanzees live almost as long as humans, so that means that 
retired chimps lived as much as 60 years in conditions barely better than solitary confinement. Maybe euthanasia was more humane. Another purpose for which chimpanzees have been enslaved is that of scientific study. Now, I'm a huge booster of science and science education, but unspeakable things were done to laboratory chimps, especially in the earlier days of research. Like I said, I'm probably rooting for the chimp in our hypothetical battle. So, with that pleasant business out of the way, if I did find myself in a situation where I had to defend myself from a chimpanzee, would I have a chance? What specific challenges would an adult male chimpanzee present to an adult human? What would my strategy and tactics be? Well, as you would imagine, I do have some thoughts on this. And to hear them, you'll need to listen next time. Anyway, that's what I think. But I could be wrong. Let me know what you think, and check out old episodes of the Martial Brain Podcast at my website, rpmartialarts.com. I'm Jeff Westfall for the Martial Brain. The Martial Brain is produced by Raging Squirrel Productions in association with the Rising Phoenix Martial Arts Academy. If you like the podcast and would like to help it grow, go to iTunes or Stitcher and give it an honest rating and review. Contact me with questions about the Martial Brain or about the Rising Phoenix Academy at my website, rpmartialarts.com. <laughs>